Vikings versus Packers GMG pregame show. Gang is back, and we're here to discuss Packer Week, that team from Wisconsin that we all love to hate. Yes, we are traveling. We, as in the Minnesota Vikings, the one in five Minnesota Vikings, are traveling up to Lambeau Field on Sunday to meet Aaron Rodgers. And the division leading, I don't even want to talk about them. Anyways, <laughs> Drew, we have, oh. we have Drew the Bass Ripper joining us today. That's a flat, Drew, that's a flat E, boy. I got to work on that. That's yeah, right you there. need to work on that. <laughs> What's up? What's up, lunatics? Hey. Good to see you guys again. Base Ripper coming to you live, ready to do this Lamblow Field preview game show with you guys. Also, we have from the frozen north, from Fargo, the Dronester, the king of the jungle, Rhino. How you doing? What up, boys? Oh, what up, Renato? Same old, same old. Ready, same old. We're you ready to win this week. week? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, all right. Did Minnesota win the bye week? That's the question of the day, Rhino. What do you think? Uh, no, I bet the over on the we were six and a half point dogs, and I think I won about a hundred bucks on it. So. <laughs> No, I mean, you know, it was a weird off off week. You know, we had the whole Ngakwe deal, and basically there's been rumors of everybody under the sun, you know, available for trade or, or in potential trade talks. And, you know, to this point, you know, there was just the one move. You know, sounds like we're trying to ditch some of the older veterans with the higher salaries, and all anybody wants is our promising up-and-coming youngsters. So... It's because, what I think is because this is the COVID season, everything's so weird, and everybody's trying to get underneath the cap. They're ditching all their old veterans, and there's no value or very little value for the veterans because everybody's trying to get rid of theirs so they can be under the cap next year. And it's making it difficult. We'll see. I mean, there's rumors of Reef and Harris and Harrison and Thielen and... uh, Odenabo today, which I thought was weird, but okay. There's also the youngsters. People have inquired about O'Neill. They've inquired about uh, who was the other youngster they wanted. Irv Smith. Irv Smith. And it's like, yeah, if the Vikings trade away those two, Spielman needs fired on the spot. Anyway. Well, he needs to be fired anyway, but yeah, even quicker. We'll see. Trade deadline is Tuesday. 
the day everybody goes out and votes if you haven't already. Drew, did we win the bye uh, week? You know, the art of the fire sale. When it comes to a fire sale, you know, there's a couple ways of looking at it. People can, the teams kind of look at it from, you know, this year's in the shitter. We're going to prepare for next year and try to get some build up with some draft picks. Get rid of some contracts, build up some draft picks. But to me, it's more it's more a, a point of it shows that the regime doesn't know what they're doing to get to this point, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and once it starts with one or two players, it always rolls into eight or ten. It always does. Uh, and I understand a certain strategy to it because I watch hockey very closely. And every year, every single year about the trade deadline, there's like 30 or 40 trades trade day it's crazy mm-hmm. because teams are trying to you know do the next year thing and get rid of their you know it's usually one or one guy or two guys it's usually never more than that so i don't know yeah, but this is the nfl where, sale. where trades aren't that prolific they're actually pretty rare huh. but it seems this year will be different yeah the vikings are in a, in a weird state right now i mean the you start getting rid of people and start working on next year. What is that? What about the people that are responsible for getting it to this stage? Isn't there any accountability to that? I mean, yeah, but they're going to throw up excuses after excuses. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know whether they won or lost the bye week. I honestly don't know what kind of excuses they can walk into the Wilfs with with a straight face and say, you know, this is where why we are where we're at, other than the fact that hey, we've made piss poor personnel decisions. For the last three years, and now it's coming back to bite us in the ass. You know, they're going to claim, obviously, the injuries. We know <laughs> Hunter's every, out, every and we traded Enigma. Every yeah, team. but not – yeah, every team has injuries, but not every team has injuries at key positions. If you lose your quarterback, are you going to win? Quarterback? The most no. key Lost position The most key position on the, the team. Quarterback? No, any other position you got to figure as a head coach, you got to work around it and make it happen. And but I've seen more do it all over the place. different positions are valued higher than other ones, and you can look at it by contract value, right? If you lose a running back, eh, you got a backup, okay? You can do committee. If you lose a defensive end, that's a higher rating, or a corner is a higher value on the defense, right, than most any other position. Whereas, obviously, the quarterback is the highest. Second to that on the offense is a wide receiver. You lose your key wide receiver or two key wide receivers. Your chances go down because those are the guys that are scoring you points or those are the guys that are preventing the scoring. Yes, it's yeah. a team game, but some are more valuable than others. We've had two defensive end starters in Ngakwe and Hunter gone. We've had linebackers gone, right? Is it right? Wait, and we had corners. This is our weekly segment. segment we do every week. <laughs> the Zimmer yeah. excuse corner about the injuries. We do it and every then, week. Too. And then let's get to the corners. Right? We've only had one two-week stretch where the same three corners started. Right? And this week is no different. We have Gladney's, who is the only one listed as healthy. And everybody else is out or limited. And it looks like it's going to be Gladney. Uh, fields and hand as your starting corners. Oh. I mean, fields and, and hands goes, should be on the practice squad. They're nowhere near that. What I was quality. just saying, though, Dave, about the bad personnel decisions. We're overpaying uh, for some of these favorite yes. guys, with Dimmers and everybody else. So we're paying so much for the, the 
starters that we can't afford to have decent backups that so aren't making that hurt, much right that aren't right. making the difference their yeah, position we, value isn't worth it and no they're not making the difference up because you gave them the, the contract now right you, you, you overpay anthony Barr, so you have to have joe bag of donuts as your backup linebacker who you know out of uh baloney tech good old joe bag of donuts hey joe bag of donuts is good he gets around everywhere he's made a great career for himself um some holes in this game though yeah but you get troy die who possibly returns back to the linebacking core this week you know yeah, and we also guy, get guy, guy's a rookie and he's played what one game yeah. So, you know, I, I'm not expecting him to come out and be, you know, freaking Bruce Smith or somebody like that or, you know, somebody that's going to be out there and all of a sudden become a absolute beast on the field. He's, I mean, he's going to need time to get acclimated and stuff, too. No, it is decisions. It's a series of decisions that have put the team in this place. Now, who it's makes a series of unfortunate events, but yeah. And it's the question of who makes those decisions and have those decision makers convince the Wilfs that they could turn it around, you know? Do they deserve a second chance to turn it around? You know, the fans are fed up. And if we lose... Not behind the chainsaws. If we lose, like, 50, uh, 50 to 20 or 50 to 21 with Kirk Cousins getting, you know, three garbage time touchdowns, people are going to be pissed. <clears throat> people are already yeah. pissed. I mean, you can... You can with Hunter and Barr, throw them in there all you want. The Vikings are probably still what one and five. I mean, it's not that much of a difference of what. No, right? if you have those two guys out, sure, you, it's hurt having those two guys out and having the problems at corner. But this team's a mess, dude. It's a mess. Well, and, and you know, like the COVID excuse, like I, like the comment I made oh. in the group earlier this week. You know, um, you know, you everybody's dealing with the same thing. You're not, you know, Pete Carroll or some of these guys that are you know, five and one undefeated, whatever. They're, they're not going into the, their GM or owner's office and saying, you know, I realize that we're, you know, we got the best record in the league right now. And ordinarily I would come in here asking for a pay raise, but since COVID happened, I don't really deserve that right now. So, you know, I'm not going to ask for a pay raise, even though we've got the best record in the freaking league. But it, COVID is only an excuse for a bad team. Right. Yeah, but they're going to use it. I, I, I remember a few it years make, ago. It doesn't mean it's a good excuse. I watched the Patriots a few years ago shredding people in the playoffs with three practice squad offensive linemen. So I don't want to hear shit about excuses. If you're a good coach, you scheme different. Yeah, but you, you can't take the Pee Wee team different. off the corner and run them to the you Super can't. Bowl. The talent level isn't there. I'm not going to buy any kind of fucking excuses for Mike Zimmer anymore. I'm done buying it. We've so if we draft all seven it. rounders, we need to coach to coach them up and make them great. You're still on the Zimmer bandwagon. I'm just saying, no, I've, I've what called for are, all. Dude? I want all three of the three Stooges to be fired. But I'm saying, the with all, the, all these seven rounders, that falls back on, really falls back on Spielman for Mister. I'm gonna take a shotgun blast at it, and, you know, from two miles away instead of a precision sniper shot. Not, you know, we're gonna get. But that's where Drew's argument that. is. It doesn't matter who you bring on the field if the coach can't coach him up. We're it's gonna, the coach's fault. You got. We're not going to win a Super Bowl with Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman. I don't know how else to tell no. you guys that. It's over. It's not going to happen. It's over. They have their run. It's over. Mike Zimmer is a great defensive coordinator. He's he's a great defensive coach. I By the way, things have transpired with all the players coming and going from there, some chipping their teeth on the way out. He doesn't have control of the locker room. I don't think guys like him anymore, and I think they've moved on. I don't know what they're going to do the rest of the season. We've got a lot of games to play. It's not like we've got three games to play and it's over. 
No, we this wish it was three games to play to, and it was over. This is going to be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out. But, you know, when well, I uh, I talked to I talked to Dave a lot in the past about this. We've been around so many times about it. I'm kind of burned out on, you know, I know GM's a problem, but Dave wanted to blame the assistant coaches and the GM and then Pro Bowl players. There's always, an, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm just going to stick with what I think. And I think it's over. I think we should move on. I thought we should move on last February and get ahead of the game. Right. But but that didn't happen. And it may not happen this year is what I'm telling you. It may not. You may be looking at Spielman and Zimmer how, next season. How do you find a lower level than what's going on now? How the fuck can it get any worse? Yeah, I mean, we're we're one step away from being the fucking Jets right now. Well, I'm about to say we're what not the, the Jets. Okay, let me let me throw it back this way. Why are they still employed? Let me throw. Why? You kind of ask the Wolves that. I can't answer that for you. I would have shit canned them a while ago. I mean, okay, this is my theory. I I brought it before we started here. You know that, that I was going to say I was going to save for the show. The only thing I can think of. I mean, we all know. I mean, the, or at least none of us think that the Wolves are idiots. You know. Realistically, Obviously, I mean, not when it comes to but, real estate. Well, yeah, I mean, they wouldn't they wouldn't have made billions in real, the real estate industry in New York if they were idiots. In New Jersey, yeah, and they've made billions. Right. So. That's a good point, right? Man. That's a good point. But a- you know, the only thing I can think of is what with what's going on here now. You know, is maybe may and that maybe they understand they, they do see what ever, all the rest of us see, and they're going to let Rick and Mike run the damn thing into the ground for the rest of the year. Because they know, hey, if we do that, we do have a chance at a Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, whoever. But if you know, if we tell Spielman right now, hey, you know, sorry, dude, you get you had your chance, it's done. Especially before the trade deadline, you know, he could potentially start offloading people for pennies on the dollar. He may or, do that anyways. He may he, have, he may he may have been given the permission to do that. Right, but. Here again, okay, you know it's the, just like the, the Ngakwe trade. He right, had to get the go ahead from the Wolves. Well, yeah, you would think so, but you know, like like I said, maybe it's we'll let these guys run it into the ground the rest of the year because we already know this year's screwed. You know, by changing coaches and stuff, you may get that bump and win a half a dozen games or something, which is going to put us in a worse position for a draft pick. So you know, but I, I just don't understand, don't see how. These guys can think that you can trust the two guys that have ran it into the ground to right the ship. And I mean, it, we're, we're just we're sitting right. we're sitting here with a broken rudder. It's just going in circles and going in circles, and it has been for years. I mean, we all know Rick's master of the bullshit, but yeah, but they got to the playoffs <laughs> numerous times every They've, other year, one and one. yeah, every other year, and you know that brings in fans. It brings in people buying merchandise. That's a good thing. This year is the Aberration, if you want to call it that, it's from a normal a, Zimmer standpoint. No, it's not an aberration. We're doing that every other year. It's good, you know. Miss the playoffs, make the playoffs. Miss the playoffs, make the playoffs. Yeah, but it's playoffs, barely miss the playoffs. playoffs. It's seven and nine, eight and eight, you know, type of deal versus. <laughs> well, they were in it towards the, playoffs, the end. It doesn't matter if you're seven and nine or one and thirteen. Oh yes, it does. Oh, I'll explain. If the team's one and five, like it is oh, now, Jesus. how many yeah. people want to watch the game Sunday? Is this a math question? Because I was told there was no math on the show. <laughs> All right. Did now, say, if the team, if the question? team is eight and seven going into the last week, fighting for that playoff spot, 
on national TV going to go play Chicago Bears, how many people are watching then? It's a, national, it's, a na- it's a national viewership means dollars to the owners. So they so they don't lock up the playoff spot three weeks beforehand because they want viewership to run it at the end. No, 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 no. If they can lock it up three weeks before, then they're going for the higher buy or higher spots. But what I'm saying every is that I like every other year. That close like close to it is better than one in fifteen because no. By halfway through the season, if the Vikings See, keep losing, not, they're going to lose viewership. Nobody's buying jerseys because but, what jersey but, are you going to buy? Maybe, maybe it is better if you can get a Justin Herbert or a Joe Burrow. Maybe it is better. Fuck. Right. I agree. The, but the, that, the problem with your whole argument there, Dave, is, is what is the problem with this franchise and with a lot of the fan base is we're satisfied with mediocrity. Oh, it, we'll make the playoffs once every couple of years. That's great and wonderful. Hey, we might even win a wild card game and then get our asses rolled the next week. But hey, at least we didn't. It, it's the king, it, like Drew always says. It's the king of the dipshit teams. This year we're the dipshit of the dipshit teams, so we're not even the king. But <laughs> yeah, you know, but and, the, but the Vikings and Vikings fans have been ingrained in that for generations. Yeah, but right. But we should be we should demand more as a fan base. We should demand, you know. If we're not competing for, you know, winning the division and competing for the Super Bowl, which we do around here, what, once every 10 years, we might make the NFC Championship game and then we get our asses handed to us. It, it averages, I think it's once every nine. And it's once every yeah. 10 that we have a really tanky mm-hmm. season like this one. Right. Which usually follows after the, the year before we just did the NFC Championship. Right. The yeah. Are within a couple like, years. Yeah. Are we like 0 and 5 or 0 and 6 in our last NFC title game run? I think it's like 0 and 6. I believe so. Well, we're we're 0 and however many it's been since 1977, but yeah. Oh, and well, we've had what five or six chances to get we're one game away, and we always seem to to blow it in that situation. But yeah, we had this, this, 17, we this, had 11, or you know, yeah. nine. We had 2000. This season's over. I want to I want to move on. Moving on. Have you got any numbers for the Packers game? You know, I got numbers, but we're going to get into numbers first, or get into the Packers game, the strategy of what needs to happen in this game. Oh, you can tell me that. I'm curious. How are we going to win well, this game? <laughs> I know we're down. I know we're down corners, and I'd like Rhino's breakdown on this also. I know we're down corners in the defense, and I know our ranking on defense is pretty, pretty piss poor. What are we? Twenty eighth overall, giving up four hundred and thirteen yards a game. But it's all going to start with the defense in this, and it always starts with with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the best way to compare it being we just played in week one, is to go back and look at week one. I don't know if people were saying, well, it's just week one. I remember our uh, in the Raw after that, it was pretty uh, pretty intense. We all watched the Vikings get run out of the stadium. But 522 yards, 31 first downs. Rodgers was 364 yards, four touchdowns. Was it like 48 minutes of time of possession or some ungodly number like that too? It was 48 minutes time of possession to 16 or 18, or whatever the difference is uh, on that. 40, Adam, had, Adam, okay, Adam, here's what really irritated me in that game. This, and yeah, irritated me. Like screaming Joe at the feed store I used to work at when I was 14. I used to work at this feed store with this fucking guy. He, he owned it and he'd scream at me. We called him Screaming Joe. But that's another story for another day. We'll get to Screaming Joe later. Um, Adams had 14 catches for 156 yards and two touchdowns. We all know Adams is good. 
I'm telling you, eight to ten of those catches were on that eight-yard square out because the Vikings were playing too far off the receiver. The Vikings mm-hmm. were playing 15 yards off the receiver, and you know what I caught about the halfway or three-quarters of the way through the second quarter? Rodgers ran it for like the sixth time and hit Adams out there, and the Vikings weren't adjusting to it, and he started oh. laughing. Because he figured, if you're just going to give me that pass all day, I'm going to take it. And he kept doing it and doing it and doing it. That's how he racked up 14 catches for all that yardage. The Vikings sat back. Now, how many times David Zimmer played against Rodgers? He knows if you're going to play 15 yards off the receiver, you might as well not even take the field against Aaron Rodgers. It's over. Right. I don't know if he was And usually the Zimmer job. versus Rodgers matchups have been very good. I don't know whether he was so nervous about his – Young wideouts being a or young, young corners, corners and, and it was one. the corners. But once you got burned on it, Rhino, eight times, you fucking got to move them up. You can't leave them back there 15 yards off the well, line of screen. You can't do it. They're going to, you have to adjust. Why didn't Zimmer, you got said at some point you got to adjust and say, if, if they beat me over the top, they beat me. But I'm not going to sit here and watch Devontae Adams run that fucking square out over and over again. And Rodgers just toss it out. It's like playing catch with your kid. It's so easy. It's automatic. It's easy. And they did no adjusting. That's what bugs me about it, and that's what I'm afraid we're going to face this week. The same thing over again. And the problem with somebody, you know, for whatever reason, Zimmer keeps wanting to run, you know, his press or man coverage on all this stuff. But realistically right now, you know, especially now when we're we're down to basically one of the guys that we started the season with healthy to play this week, you know, you got to switch it up, play some more zone, do whatever you need to do just to. No, but you you'll be surprised. Up, you can't give up. They have been playing no. mostly uh, cover two zone because it's <clears throat> simple compared to the man on man. Dantzler's had more man on situations yeah. than just and, about and, any and other corner. Have, but those have been the ones where we get burned on, it seems like. Well, and yeah, because. He doesn't have he, the safety the, wrong the top way. or whatever right. happens. But. And, and the corners don't know how to use the safeties for leverage yet. Uh, they'll get that with time. They'll learn. But they don't, and it's and it's been a disaster. Even simplified. Um, I believe Mike Zimmer, and it may have been somebody else, has talked about how they're running zone because it's easier on the corners versus the man stuff because they can't do the typical Zimmer defense they they can't handle it yet they don't understand no. it they don't understand the reads they don't understand how it all works yet and that's another excuse but 522 yeah, yards 522 32 honestly, points per honestly, game it, honestly we, no, we didn't, it could be, it could be worse than that 522 this week because you know we're down corners and, and we're down pass rushers 43 to 34 the Vikings scored 24 points in the last quarter. So it ain't no 43 to 24. That was a 40 to nothing blowout. Those last 24 just to doctor the score up. They kicked our ass. We didn't sack Rodgers one time. One, no. Not one time they did they sack Rodgers. And, and we had Ngakwe that game. I mean, our, our starting ends this week are going to probably be Odenabo and DJ Wanham. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. And Wanham's a rookie. Not, yeah, I mean, they both got a couple of sacks this year, but it's not exactly a uh, – you know, it, it's not the purple people eaters by any stretch of the imagination as far as, you know, Rodgers being concerned about getting pressure in his face. Well, we all consider Andre Patterson the best defensive line coach in the league. But even he's got his work cut out for him. Yeah. 
this have being down corners in this game with the deficiency now that Ngakwe's gone, he's a, obviously your best pass rusher. This is a big problem for Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. The Vikings are going to need some turnovers, maybe a, maybe a freaky punt return touchdown. They're going to need some weird shit to happen to pull this game out. I think because because uh, you know that team from Wisconsin. They're ready to play, and they know what they're doing. They know what they want to do, and they worked it pretty easy. That was a pretty easy win week one, guys. That was mm-hmm. pretty easy. Oh, absolutely was uh, it. I mean, I mean the, offensively, were... offensively, the Vikings did some good things. I mean, Thielen had six catches for 110 yards and two touchdowns, and we ran for 134 as a team, which isn't, isn't very shabby. I mean, that's pretty good offensively. Well, how so. do you see the Vikings offense? The Vikings offense will be the, any sort of key to us winning this weekend. How do you see them performing? And do we see Dalvin Cook back? Rhino? I mean, honestly, I you know, with a groin injury, even if Dalvin does play, I have a hard time thinking he's going to be at 100%. You know, it's only, we're only two weeks removed from it, and any anybody who's had a groin injury knows those can linger for – well, yeah, we had to buy – yeah, we had to buy a week in the, the game against the Falcons. But I used to get those in the 80s quite often. <laughs> well, and back when I played ball, I'd get them. But you can you can stretch them out, and you can warm it up and be effective. Yeah, Gene Stefano with the leather helmet. Leather, back leather in the leather helmet, helmet days, <laughs> back, yes. Back, back in some. those days, yeah. No, actually, it was in the big shoulder pad days, and the and I. What was your signing bonus? Some and... fucking old number seven whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I got stories about that, but yes, I bet something you similar. Um, but the offense. The offense is going to be key. Kirk yeah, Cousins I mean, has I, got to come out and have a good game, start uh, hitting early, and having being build the confidence. Because if he doesn't, let's re, let's it, rephrase that. He needs to start hitting our players early, not well, you know, yes. not, not 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 throwing an interception on the first play of the freaking game like he did last time. But you know, one well, thing that's different. Last time we went down, we're down twenty-one to nothing or something, right? I mean, twenty-one nothing or twenty-one three or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But, you know, one thing now, you know, that we really didn't use Jefferson that first game. Well, so that, that's something, you know, that's something to our, you know, to our benefit this time. You know, you got two guys you got to account for instead of just one. I believe it was said in one of his press conferences today, he, you know, after the coach's press conference to bring on the players. Jefferson came on and they asked him about that first game. And he says, I hadn't a clue. What I was yeah. doing that first game, he says, "I've grown so much since then. <laughs> it's night and day." Well, he goes, "I, mean, I watched right, what I did because, and it because wasn't our coaching close. staff doesn't have a clue what they're doing, and we're in, we're in weeks eight now. So, we might have to score forty-five points to fifty points to win this game. It, that's yeah. That's what I'm thinking. If, if we have a chance to win, it's going to be a shootout. And to be a shootout, Kirk Cousins has to start out hot, and we haven't seen that in a while. And real, I mean, realistically, I, th- I think the only chance we got is if we can get the run game going and keep Rodgers off the field because he's going to eat that our secondary alive. I mean, no offense to Gladney, and but I mean, when you got Mark Fields and Harrison Hand, who you know, oh. they're there again. Th- these guys aren't going to be wearing a gold jacket anytime soon. Yeah, both should I mean, be on the practice squad. Right. So you got those guys that are trying to cover Devonte Adams and. Uh, oh, what's his Valdez Scantling, and, and anybody throws. else they got, you know, and now and then our linebackers too, you know. I see Tanyan is he was questionable today, I think, on their 
They're limited in their you know pra- um, practice. So, and he's really come on lately too. So that's Aaron just Jones one other thing we got to look Aaron Jones is out. Is he officially he's out? Not going to play. Well, hasn't been official yet, but I did a little research before the show because it, I wanted to try to be a good employee, so Dave didn't fire me. And <laughs> the, and Lafleur Lafleur said he's probably going to go to Jamal Williams. If he's saying that now, he's not going to play. He could play, out. but they want to give him another week of rest. And Williams is no hacker, but Aaron Jones no. is a pretty good football player. So not having him is, is probably going to help us a little bit. Your injury report for the Vikings versus Packers. Your Minnesota Vikings had a couple significant moves this week. First off, Mike Hughes was placed on IR for his neck. Holton Hill is listed as out, continues to be. And Dalvin Cook had a full practice on Friday, but is still listed as questionable. Also for Friday, Dan Chisnia, the special teams ace, did not practice and is now on the report as questionable. For your Green Bay Packers, they have Aaron Jones has already been listed out. Kevin King, the corner, is already listed as out. And they have a list of questionables, including David Bakhtiari, Mason Crosby, Tyler Urban, Raven Green, Tyler Lancaster, John Lovett, and Darnell Savage. Hey, what? what is this Zimmer-Lafleur matchup? What number is this? Five. Five. And we're on it's 0 4 at this point. Oh, it's all quiet. Fudge Packers have owned us. How much, how you know, there's been some close games, and there's games we could have won, but you know, I'm not, I don't fall into tanking when it comes to these guys. You know, I know they're. Back of your mind, you think the Vikings blow a game that's one game closer to a higher pick with the quarterback they need and Lance and Fields and Lawrence. We've been through that a thousand times. Not right. this team. I can't stand that team from Wisconsin. Well, how growing up, Vikings, we, Vikings been one more game the whole season. I want it to be Sunday. Yeah. How growing up, we always said if you know if we win the division, that's great. But what's a successful season if we beat the Packers? Always, we could finish. Two and fourteen. If both those wins are against the Packers, it's a successful season. But but the, but the thing when we were all growing up, Green Bay was horrible from nineteen sixty seven to nineteen ninety one. So yeah, but never then they hit ninety one, and then they've been Favre. Show, yeah, and Favre showed up, and they've been they've had two Hall of Fame fans. quarterbacks for that time. Right. Chicago's had like twenty four quarterbacks for that time. We've they've had two. I think, I think back when uh, Francis was quarterback, and we probably had more ties against him than than losses. Uh, when I was a kid, I never that, remembered losing. We never lost to them. Dude. That was never. when both teams were good. Yeah. But no, well, the for, pack at the '60s, not the '70s, though. Right. We started kicking their ass in the '70s. Mm-hmm. But back to the, win, the '70s was hard decade. But yeah. Right now, I saw that uh, I think the over/under is fifty and a half. What's and the line on the Viking game right now? Six and a half. That's it. That's it. Which surprises yeah, me. Like, I'd expect yeah. two touchdowns, but six and a half. No, well, not that high. It's right around 10. Yeah, and, and, I, and honestly, I would be thinking that that 50 and a half or whatever you said, that might be even a bit low because Green Bay could hang 50 on us by themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, And if they go up 30 nothing by the first half and then we hit garbage time for the rest and, you know, Kirk Cousins right. catch fire and throw. Pat, pat of stats and, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and then we'll lose by 10 and it'll look a lot better. The Vikings, the Vikings have got to make this a game from the standpoint of the pride of the team. They're playing for each other. It's the Minnesota Vikings. You can't, this is the big rivalry game. Can't lay down and die in this game. You got to find a way to, to be competitive and get it done. You have to come on, man. I've listened yeah. to some podcasts with uh, beat writers and other podcast casters that follow the Packers. And they're talking to the Vikings counterparts and going, what's wrong with you guys this year? <laughs> Would you like a list? <laughs> the Vikings are not a one in five team. That's another argument I'll take to Zimmer and sit at his desk and argue with him about. Your roster's not one in five, dude. Take injuries or not, you're not. Right. You're better than that. You're a better team than one in fucking five. Come on, dude. You are, but what your but, record is. You know? Right. But now, you know, here's another thing, you know, and I brought this up earlier in the week, too. You know, okay, now the word is out, you know, basically half of the freaking team is available for trade, you know, whether it's Rudolph, whether it's theoretically Thielen, we've heard rumors about, you know, Reef, all these other guys. How is that going to affect? the locker room i mean are these guys gonna you know are they gonna mail it in now and say okay what you know my time here might not be very long it's at the very most it's going to be the end of the year anyway so why the hell should i care you know fair question or is it going to be or they you know are they going to are they going to flip the bird and play harder because they want to you know show that they still got it for their next next team team. Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of different ways this can go but i mean you know as it hasn't gone bad enough you know, I, I can see this. Reef may go, know, I play my ass off for this game and I get traded the next day. Right. Well, and um, Reef has still got to be pissed as hell because they made him take a pay cut so they could sign a Gakway only to get rid of him eight weeks or six weeks later and, you know, move down 50 spots in the draft. And I'm, I'm bet Reef is sitting there, you sons of, you know. What about, but, what about, could it be possible that Zimmer and Spielman would use a fire sale? as an excuse to keep their job for next year? Yeah, it's it's quite possible, and that's been discussed across the board, that part of this is part of the moves made in the last, in the offseason with extending Cousins and all of that, and then Ngakwe and then getting rid of Ngakwe has all been part of a cover our and keep us employed move that, um, you know, we extend Cousins now you got to keep us because we're mated with cousins, or we're now having a fire sale. We've gone to you; you've given us permission. You got to keep us, and you may have—they may have gotten permission to do this. We don't know. We don't know how much communication goes on between all the three entities, be it the Wilfs, right. be it Spielman, and be it Zimmer. Because I don't think—I think early on in this whole marriage, Zimmer and Spielman talked quite a bit. I don't think that's happening as much now. But that's just a theory I have. Um, but here, but here again, what, you know, the guys that are responsible for putting us in this mess, you're gonna you're gonna entrust them to fix it. That's uh, like, that, that's like, I, I mean, I hate talking politics. That's like I hate talking politics, but that's like a politician who's been in Washington for forty freaking years coming and saying, all of a sudden, I got the, all the answers and I'm gonna fix all this shit that I helped screw up for the last four freaking decades. I mean, that's basically what Spielman and Zimmer are doing right now. We have effed this thing up so damn bad the last four years that the only thing you can do is let us fix it. 
How does that make sense? Yeah, but that they, the, they're the ones responsible. They're responsible yeah, for the team. hundred percent. But the, the wolf wants so, stability, and if you look oh, back, that's, that's a, if you look back in the history, stability is just asinine. Hey, that, that's ridiculous. The, if you look down at the, who won Super Bowls and when, some of them took over a decade to do such. Yeah, Come but on, man. there's two coaches in the but there's two coaches in NFL th- history in the Super Bowl era that have won a Super Bowl after being with their team for five years, and Zimmer's not going to be the third. No. Yeah, but it took Andy Reid 21 years to win his first. Yeah, but Andy Reid has also developed and changed with the times has got along with. I mean, Andy Reid is still considered one of the most innovative offensive minds in the league. But Zimmer's I'm still saying, stuck in 1993 back- with his <laughs> theology and his statuses. He's running uh, the same damn defense he did in Dallas no, back in the early 90s. You know what? I'm a big fan of Rhino, dude. <laughs> Rhino, if you start your own pod, you're not a dude. You bring it. He brings it. He brings it, the truth. It he is doesn't a, mask his shit with excuses and lies. He it is it the truth. us. He brings it's it. the Wilfs. Yeah, but I mean, like, I keep going back to this. The Wilfs aren't stupid. And they can't just sit there, oh, Rick Spielman just told us that this is going to be great and wonderful because he's so smart and he knows what he's doing and he's going to get 87 seventh-round picks and find every undrafted free agent that should have never been picked in the first place, and we're going to find one guy out of there that's fucking awesome. How can they tell this fan base to look forward to next year we're going to win the Super Bowl? How can they sell that to any of us? You can't sell 2021 as being a a successful year to anybody. It's such a disaster. 2022, maybe. But not 2021. They'll say it's it will. All our injured players will be back. The uh, rookies yeah, will have a year experience over. under them. They're going to fall. Zimmer's done. It's going to be the same freaking song and dance that they threw it at us before the season started this year. Everybody's talking. Oh, hey, well, the Vikings are one of the favorites to win the division this year. Blah blah blah, blah 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, but but look what happened. And trying the same thing you know, over yeah. and over and expecting different results is not the recipe for success it's the definition no. of insanity and dave uh, dave i know you're a big zimmer guy i know you guys drink ale together or whatever but he doesn't have the fire he used to it's gone dude he's not the same well, guy. i, I think not. i blame that on his girlfriend yeah. but anyways with if that I, he still I, don't blame he said he still don't blame him zimmer is no, fucking blameless <laughs> And if that's the case, if, if I mean, if I was 62 always, years old and had a girlfriend like Zimmer, I'd be walking in. Yeah. <laughs> always something. Always something. The assistant coaches are shit. Players don't execute. You know, you're the fucking head coach. If you can't, you tie, if, you, if your team is shit, then leave. Resign. Move on to the next thing. Well, you know, that's what I would expect. I would retire to your, retire at to your Kentucky ranch and sit his, He puts in his resignation and say, I couldn't, I couldn't turn this around. Zimmer, Zimmer can't. Jimmer can't do his job correctly because he has a hot girlfriend. Wow. Well, no, I told I'm a, that story. Uh, it I'm, tends I'm, to divert your attention. I'd have, I'd, have get, I'd have to get a hot girlfriend before I could try that excuse with him. You know, they, they, the Zimmer excuses are up, and I don't want to reha- keep rehashing it, but I, I, you know, we need some something to look forward to for next season. And it's obvious that Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer have ran the court and ran the, you know, it's over. I don't know how else you say that, about it, but so. until the Wilfs say that, it's not. But like Drew said earlier, how could anybody be enthusiastic about 2021 if we roll out the yeah. same goddamn shit we have right now? You can't. Because, because they won the previous five years. The really, head they coaches. Won, they won three the of the coaches, previous five years. Well, but they won. The head coaches. And they were close. Relic to ways have been caught up with. He's an old relic. The ways have been caught up with. 
Zimmer's not an innovative young mind thinking about, you know, he's, he's coaching. The, but the he relatively has way. been on defense. It's the offense that hasn't performed. Well, hire a better coordinator. He hires coordinators. He hired DeFilippo. What excuse do you got for that? Give me an excuse for why Mike Zimmer. Oh, I remember I talked to you about it. You said, oh, so that was Rick Spielman's deal, Drew. That's horse shit. When does Zimmer no, get to so D- blame for Z- all this? Zimmer hired DeFilippo because the Eagles. The coach hires the coordinators. The Eagles figured out his defense in the 2017 NFC Championship game, and Zimmer wanted to find out how the hell they did it. The problem is he hired the only guy on the Eagles offensive staff that didn't have a clue what was going on. (laughs) The the only people who knew what was going on is Frank Reich, and he's now in Indy, and Doug Peterson, who's still running the show in Philly. DeFilippo was just just there to buy coffee for the guys. I need last words. My dog, Olive here, is whining at me. She needs to go out. So, final words, Rano. I mean, I, you know, like Drew was saying before, I mean, if we don't win another game this year, this is the game that I want to win. I mean, you know, I'm all about building for the future and all this stuff, but goddamn, I hate losing to that team from Wisconsin. I want to say that we, I mean, we could, I mean, it could surprise us. We could, nobody's given us a damn chance. We could come out here and sneak it out, but I, with the cornerback issues and things like, and you know, we're down to a couple of pass rushers who've never been full-time starters. We're down linebackers. I mean, it, I'm going to be surprised if we can hold them under 40. So, I mean, realistically, you know, I think they, Green Bay beats us probably 48 to 30. You know, we're going to get some garbage time points. They're going to be up big. Cousins is going to, do his numbers the same thing he always does. You know, he's going to throw for three, four touchdowns, and his stat line's going to look good. And everybody's going to say, see, it's not Cousins' fault. It's the defense's fault or whatever it is. But, I mean, I I hope they – I I really hope they surprise me, but I just don't see how we have a chance in this game. Drew? We're going to lose. Um, but I'm going to spend my time and give a shout-out to our good friend, Mr. Ted Glover. Ted, I know it's been a tough week. Uh, suffered a, a death in the family. And uh, I just wanted to say that we love you and we're here for you. And we're looking forward to having you on the show again. And I know it's a tough week and I know something that might make him feel better is if we did figure out a way to win this game. But uh, yeah. shout out to you, Ted Glover. Absolutely. Ted, our thoughts and prayers are with you and your family. With that, everybody else, it is Packer Week. We do want to beat them. Even though it's unlikely, we do. And by all means, Skull Vikings! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody! Skull, everybody!